Hold on. Hold on. I haven't. <laughs> okay. All right. Depression. 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 Death. Hold on. Here we go, Sam. Hold on. Hold on. Are we going? Yes, we're going. Here we go. Hold on. Um, let's, let's do that beginning again. I I feel like you didn't get my bit at all. Um, so I'm gonna. No, I was confused. Okay, go ahead. Oh my hey, goodness, we're losing him. We're losing him, nurse. What are we going to uh, do? What am I going to do about it? I yeah, mean, at this point... What are we going to do? What am I... Well, I'm the nurse. I'm just handing you the scalpels. Okay. Well, you know what? Something I learned in med school is you got to send positive waves to the patient. Okay, patient. <laughs> I'm going... Got med school. Okay. Patient, I'm going to reenact one of my favorite episodes from a podcast I listened to called Two Thumbs Undecided. It's an episode. Oh, what episode? Oh, I'm a well, huge fan of that show too. Yeah, maybe you can do the the uh, bit with me. I'll play Zachary yeah. Ferguson, and you'll play that oh, um, that other guy, I, Sam Ferguson. I feel like I have too much pressure playing Sam Ferguson, but I'll I'll Are try you kidding to me? recreate. There's a crazy that scene guy there. does some great research. Yeah, but he just goes on and on and on, and then Zach has well, to come the in with a guy, bit. Well, the other guy, Zach smells fairly bad i mean he does but that's that's why he does podcast anyways i will do Man. i'll play i think our rules are set um okay the episode is called censorship censorship and the year mm. and the date was july 3rd 2020 yeah that year okay patient <laughs> here it is oh boy hi everybody i'm zach ferguson this is two thumbs undecided uh... Oh yeah, this is two thumbs undecided. I'm Sam Ferguson. Uh, Zach, I have a question. I think we should do a um, a scratch and sniff, okay, thing for this this podcast. Like we send out scratch and sniffs to all mm. of our top listener. Yeah, and they have to, they just scratch and they just smell us. That's pretty good. I, I think that's pretty good. Uh, what do you think? Um, I would smell at the moment. I just walked quite a long ways, and uh, I probably smell. I probably smell a little boe. What, but like, yeah, no, that's why I want to do it because I want people to know what I have to deal with every time we record this. Do you self bo yourself? Because uh, if people don't, if people are hearing this in the future, this is during quarantine times. So Sam and I are not in the same room. So Sam is trying to um, emulate or put his own smelliness onto me because what he smells is his own bo so i can imagine i've lived with you long enough that i know exactly what you smell like i just want other people to know i never have smelled isn't that kind of isn't that kind of sad how like we can't we can't know what we smell like really yeah you know you just kind of grow used to it that is very true though i gotta say i after a very intense uh, bocce ball or soccer match, I do tend to smell a bit. You can smell yourself, though? I can smell myself. I go, po. Po. I go, That's po. about it? Yeah, I go, po. I go, po. 
Lala. Tinky Winky. Anyways, we're a um, media radio podcast show. Radio show. Um, podcast radio show. Radio show for the people. For the layman. Uh, for the layman. Um, I am looking up something right now that I tweeted, I think, on the Two Thumbs Undecided page. By the way, um, I, our, I love um, the Two Thumbs Undecided Twitter page. I have fully adopted the Twitter page as my own yeah, Twitter. Yeah, it's basically mostly you. Um, I retweet. I definitely, this is a self-promotion for our Twitter. If you like comic books, movies, um, if you, you know, like the funny side of politics, um, I, I retweet a lot of that. Uh, basically only discouraging stuff about donald trump so yeah he's um, uh he the the uh, it's kind of how i get my um curated uh oh here it is there's a uh, a tweet in which scott weinberg who is uh i guess he's followed by a bunch of film people he's an indie producer screenwriter audiobook narrator cat lover horror nut self proclaimed twitter comedian people need to stop taking themselves so seriously in their twitter bios anyways he tweeted uh, a thing from vic burgers uh oh. mr trump goes uh join gives john voight a medal and he said i'm a professional critic of film and i believe that this should be a nominated for best short film at the academy oscars Once and again. i told him it won wait i don't did it win? I think it won. It won. It won the best. It editing. won a Myers Award for best sound editing. Sound editing. Uh, I'm just saying the Myers Award are is leaps and bounds. bounds. I totally. And things are coming up slowly but surely. People are pointing out things, and I'm like, hey, we did that's it first, been nominated, baby. and it won. I know we're not so too known. They still haven't picked up their awards. I and I, you know what? This is why, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see if like we ever become truly big time. And see what we can gloat about once we're big time, but like there's one somebody talked about stunt stunt people being given Oscars. Well, uh, Two, they um, were talking Daniel about Daniel Radcliffe has a podcast just trying to get stunt people into the Oscars. Also, uh, they said that they should combine actors and actresses, which we did. Well, that's been going on for a while. Yeah, but th they haven't done it. We're the first uh, like awards. It really to do is. That. I now know how. Uh, the French revolutionaries felt uh, right after they abolished the the monarchs, mm -hmm. and they decided we are going to recreate a new government from scratch, one based it. on it, that video. Uh, is basically you know. yeah. No, you know what I feel like. That's a good comparison. I feel like Martin Luther King. Luther, sorry, not Martin Luther, the first one, the ah, yes. the guy who. The who, Protestant, yeah, not not Junior. Um, <laughs> you know who my favorite civil le civil leader was, civil rights leader was. Who, who was your favorite civil rights leader? Martin Tell me. Martin Luther King Junior. Junior, he was named after the dog. Martin. <laughs> All right, this is this is. Wait, we're not making fun of Martin Luther King Junior. No, we're. we're Doing an impersonation doing a, of Sean Connery. Yeah, that's that's a crossover of Sean Connery as uh, Indy's dad. Uh, we yeah. was like talking to um, that other guy, and he's like, he was named after the dog. 
<laughs> Junior, Indy, Indy, <laughs> Indiana. Um, that had River Phoenix in it. It did. Which I actually watched um, my own private Idaho recently. How the ho it go? <laughs> uh, I will please continue this conversation at the end. Skip forward 45 minutes. Anyways, that's uh, that's my thoughts on that movie. Anyways, um, so yeah, so this is a show we talk about films. I've been trying to so give it to. We us. started this as a as a joke series. <laughs> Uh, with Tim Chung of Syndicated, uh, in thank which you very we much to him. thank you again for that. In which we um, we're going to be talking to indie films in New York. Have you reached out to anyone in Pittsburgh, Zach? Hmm? I haven't. No. So Zach's really bad at communicating. So it's mostly me that's been doing it. Um, but uh, nobody has gotten back to me. But Someone I really, really want to talk to is this person named Gina Duncan, uh, who is one of, if not the only, uh, black woman uh, who is a leader of a major indie theater or any theater in New York. Um, I saw and that email. All these, yes, and there's all these articles about her. First one from IndieWire. Um, and apparently she uh, was mentored by... Um, the director of Philadelphia, what's his name? Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Demi. Demi. He she was mentored by Jonathan Demi, nice. um, and I don't know. Uh, she she's the vice president of BAM, mm. Brooklyn oh, Academy of Music. I've heard, I've, I've heard of which BAM. is also a big theater. How, uh, how do you think? Brooklyn. How do you think Jonathan Demi t- like taught her? I imagine be like. Hello. Well, it says in this article she was just. Um, he made he made her watch uh, he, Cage Teeth. Over and over again. Have you ever? <laughs> well, heard of they that? knew each other through um, the Jacob Burns Film Center in Pleasantville, New York, mm. um, where Jonathan Demi was. Uh, I don't know exactly what he was doing there, um, he was but getting, that's how they met. He was getting a scone, and um, maybe is he British? Well, I mean, you can get a scone in America. I guess. Though I'm not, I would not be surprised if he was. Um, British, uh, you know, mm. it's always very surprising. Also, I want to bring up an argument that a friend gave to me uh, recently uh, after our film news, and the film news is thusly: this Carl Reiner is he's finally- from sorry, he's from uh, New York, by the way. Oh, okay. Denny. And just if you're listening to this way into the future, New York is not in London. That's an American, um, you know, city and uh, state. One of the uh, fifty for one of the fi- I'm doing this ahead of time. New York is one of the fifty uh, fifty one states in America. Wow! See what I'm doing? You're gonna say that because the District of Columbia is now being voted on. Yes, Sam. Yes, Sam. I'm hmm. uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm pre I may be in the wrong. I may be one of those people who, you know, this is this is gonna be my cancel, if you will. People will be like, what? Yeah, they're going to I won't. I don't know. I mean, if we want to get into politics, but uh the only reason the DC is not a state at this point is because it's like 95% Democrats and the Republicans don't want to have another democratic state. That is they have said it. They have said that's why we don't want to give them statehood. Yeah, that makes So, that makes sense why they wouldn't do it. Um 
that's the only reason it's not a state. Yeah. But it should be a state. Yeah, it should. Anyways. Get that, I, the reason why I want it to be a state is so I can finally put have some fun with my state quarters again. Um, because I keep looking. I keep opening up. You know that, uh, that thing they did where they, on the back of quarters, they uh, put states on the back of quarters. Mm-hmm. And they had a whole book. Every single day I open up this book and I go, man, I have all 50. Why can't I have one more? This is this is annoying. You know, Pokemon comes out with a new Pokemon, bunch of Pokemons each year. States can't I can't get a new state for my state quarter collection. Come mm. on. You know, I'm drowning here. Anyway, speaking of drowning. Yeah, speaking of drowning. Uh... Carl Reiner. We're drowning in news. Yeah, well, yeah. And Carl Reiner did not die of drowning. He died of natural Mm. causes. He is, yes, you heard it here first, folks. Um, Carl Reiner is dead. He's 90, he was 98 years old, almost reached 100. 98? 98. It's crazy how old. I mean, obviously, very sad that he passed. Very sad. Um, He did a lot for uh, movies. Uh, I mean, to name a couple. He did Ocean's Eleven, uh, Ocean's Eleven Thirteen. Um, I think he was in Ocean's Eleven Twelve, but like some really great uh, Steven S- uh, Soderbergh movies. I mean, he was the he was the writing partner of Mel Mel Brooks. Oh, that's right. And uh, he did that too. He did the Two Thousand Year Old Man, which uh, which was a year old man. Yes. Which have you seen that bit? I haven't seen anything about. I just I only saw about it after his death. It's an interesting bit. It's kind of it's kind of one of those bits where um, it doesn't make you laugh out now, but it kind of I feel like set. It was probably like new for its time. The whole entire bit is basically there's a guy who's two thousand years old, and then the other guy is like, "So how was uh how was uh the hospitals back then?" And then the two thousand year old man goes like, "Back in my day, we had to uh, scrape together." you know, muck from the ground and put it around her arms, and that was a cast. Oi, the nurses were were cavemen or something like that. Mm. That sounds like the one thing from... Uh, Wet Hot American Summer? Wet Hot American Summer. Exa- <laughs> honestly, it's exactly like that, but no offense to Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. The, Mel Bro- the Wet Hot American Summer thing is funnier. Here's some... Ex- ex- with the- I'm sorry, this is a, uh, some swearing here, but where he goes like, I was so old, fucking Jesus Christ was my camp counselor, and my roommate was a caveman and named Ugg. <laughs> <laughs> like, and this is in front of a bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah. All right, anyways, so sorry for Kyle, uh, the for his family. Um, yeah, yes, and... very, very sorry for his family. But I'm also, like, it's crazy how old some of these people are. Because I, I watched a video from 1970 with him. I guess he was guest ho- uh, guest hosting the uh, the Dick Cavett show. Mm. And he was already looking old back then. He like, he was already an old man old. back I, I, in the 70s. Yeah, in the six when he did the 2,000-year-old uh, man bit that I saw, it was 68. That's why I feel like I can be a little... I mean, you shouldn't... Uh, if this was... On a late night show, I probably wouldn't joke as much. But when you're 98 years old, it, I mean, it it is sad he's gone, and it's you know. But you're so old, it's um. He was a very old. He lived a very very long life. 
is what I'm saying. I'm very happy for him, and I imagine he would want us to laugh at his funeral. Anyways, we don't have a whole lot of news. I mean, there's some movies that came up. There was the pickle thing from Seth Rogen, but I don't really care about him. I, I don't really um, care about Seth Rogen, but I kind of I I feel very proud about it because it was filmed here in Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, um, yes. And it's a, it feels like, you know, anytime you see these movies, I go like, ah, a movie. Like, things are still being made. Yes. Um, pardon me. My burp. Oh, and um, uh, for anybody who wants to know where South Park went to on Hulu, it's now on HBO Max. I had to find that out the hard, very roughly. So random things. The other random thing, but this is one of the most advertised things in the world right now, so I'm seeing it all over the place. But Hamilton's now on Disney Plus, which I am. I was really excited to watch that mm-hmm. three years ago, but it's been a while. It's been some time. Uh, you know, it's um, funny. I, I'm the same way. And also, it's on way. Disney Plus. I had my Hamilton craze as everybody else did. It was a beautiful summer. I just got a new job, um, and I was ready to cry again, and I did. And now, four years later, um, I'm just uh, I'm. I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. I just don't think I'm going to uh, be as emotional. Well, it's just one of those things now with media where they just kind of – it turns into fodder. It turns into uh, tabloid. Well, like, they can just throw up a photo. Like, I, I the the New York Times today has the um, the arts and entertainment section is just one giant photo of, of Lin-Manuel Miranda dressed up um, in the – in his Hamilton outfit. Um, yeah, and he's become. And it's an interview. It's a it's a review by who's the head uh, film writer in New York Times. The New York Times. Peter Travels. Travers. He does movies. For New. Oh no, he's sorry. He's New. Uh, he's Rolling Stones. Uh, New York Times. I forget. I'm so I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, it has the the head guy from the New York Times. I'm um, so sorry. And it's kind of like the same with um. Uncle Albert. Uh, what's it called? Like Parasite. With Parasite, great movie, but I'm just seeing it all over the place now. Like it's just become like photo well, of Parasite, and it's like Parasite, and it's everywhere. I, I'm I'm also I haven't rewatched Parasite, um, uh, but uh, you know, give Parasite it's it's a year and like it's two not, years. I'm not I'm not dissing Parasite. I'm just talking about media's uh, habit of taking something great. And then making it annoying well, that's, by just shoving it down our throats. That's constantly. called advertising. That's the, that's, but it's it's annoying. It's, but that's uh, how Hamilton has become to me. It's just like I get it. That's I, the same. I that's the it. same thing. Which is why you got to jump onto the bandwagon of fandoms early, so you can kind of ride it out before it gets annoying. Like I, mm. like for example, like we talked in our uh, My Little Pony episode, uh, which was we were gonna do a whole series on. On fandoms, uh, which we got to do another one of those. But another fandom that was ruined, in my opinion, by the fans was Star uh, was Sherlock. Oh yeah, I, I watched well, no, the first. I, I watched the first two seasons of that. It was the greatest show I ever saw. Fans chewed it up, spit it out, and then the third, fourth season were garbage. Because hmm. Stephen Moffat. Uh, the writer of it was like, ooh, people are paying attention. Better give them what they want. 
And uh, speaking of um, giving people what they want, our topic today is the exact opposite. opposite. Well, yeah, opposite. So of giving here. people what they want. And guess what it We're is? We're talking about the government or entities <laughs> taking away and censoring. That's the key word, censoring what people want. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a famous episode, I think, us talking about. I, I mean, think we don't have a lot of time in, to really this dive might go in. well with doctors. Yeah, you know? they get censored all the time on like on what kind of plasma they can use and what kind of like crazy experiments they can do on patients yeah um, um so. <clears throat> hopefully this doesn't turn into some kind of cure that doctors will use uh by I really the hope rhythm that of our voices hi mm. yeah. yeah as you cough over there um, um but no, so anyways so censorship is a big thing and i brought this up sam texted me like late at night as i'm <laughs> as i'm reading you know my books and he goes, hey, Zach, uh, what, what kind of subject should we do today? And I said, huh, what else should we do? Censorship, man. Yeah. S censorship. Um, Wait, censorship. It's a really big, and we actually, we did bring this up last episode, but then we, or maybe two episodes ago, um, but then I kind of said this is a big topic and I feel like Show. we should do a whole episode on this, so that's what we're doing. Right, and the reason um, why I brought up censorship as a topic is because um, I've been seeing a lot of episodes being pulled from their streaming websites uh, due to mm, mostly yeah. their take on their on blackface. Um, blackface or also um, showing some kind of uh, love for the Confederates, like being based around Confederate pride. Right. So the one censorship, and maybe this is, I, I consider it censorship because it's taken away, but on HBO Max, for just a hot second, they took away Gone with the Wind because of its love for the Confederate, or its portrayal of the Confederacy, and of course, its one, um, um, you know, Mammy character. Yeah. I, I won't do um, the famous line from because it's a little offensive. But it's about the the ability to birth or the ability to deliver babies. Um, and you can look it up from there. But there is, I mean, the movie, and then they threw it back on. And I think the thing that you can do for censorship that I think it, instead of taking it away, throw on a a warning or a disclaimer or a uh, like a trigger warning and yeah. that's what that's what they've done with gone with the wind and that's also something they do with old looney tunes uh, cartoons cuz mm. back in the day looney tunes were unbearably racist like mm. they portrayed african americans in the worst like have you seen it, Sam? Like they... I haven't seen the really controversial ones. I know... Um, and there's several. Basically, it... all cartoons have... Like, Disney cartoons, Looney Tunes. Like, they all... I mean, really Anybody played Japanese... up characterizations. Especially during World War II. War... Yeah, exactly. Um, but... But, I mean, like, famous example um, in Dumbo with the, 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 the crows. crows. And then that was kind of... I actually don't know. Is that what inspired the term Jim Crow? I think that was. Uh, 
I think or maybe was, it would the the crows it was picked it was as switch. crows to be Jim Crow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of horrible instances. But I I I don't think there should be. Um, and that's something that um, I'm seeing a lot on Twitter is people are upset that they're taking down these shows. Because why are they movies. taking down shows when what they want is just yeah? Like, no one's asking for that. No one's like. Demanding thank, thank you for Gone taking, with the Wind to be taken down. Exactly. Like, thank you for taking down Golden Girls episode, you know, 825, but our police still have, like, $25 million while education has 1,000, you know. That's a, that's a, that's not actual numbers, by the way. Um, um, but just to go through briefly, uh, I mean, it, America has had a long history of banning things um and the censorship of um gone with the wind uh which i'm glad they overturned it and now there's like some kind of warning and Doesn't i don't matter. think there's really a i don't think there there's anything wrong with having some kind of of a warning no no i think I, it that... is important to be like this is um you know that this is of a certain time but it, I mean, it is a whole another conversation as well, right? About like films that have a huge impact on cinema, but the topic is not really the greatest. And honestly, with Gone with the Wind, I feel like it's, I mean, yeah, it's it's sympathizing with Confederates, but it's it is I feel like it is still while it shouldn't be made today, and I, obviously there are some issues with it. I feel like it's more about Scarlett O'Hara's character and like her development. It's not it's not like say the movie Birth of a Nation, which is like that is the main message. That's propaganda is like, for that is propaganda. And that film I didn't realize this, but that film was actually banned in a lot of places. Uh it opened in nineteen fifteen and it was banned in Ohio, Kansas, West Virginia, and many big cities, including Pittsburgh, mm. uh, as well as Chicago and Las Vegas also banned um due to its treatment of the ku klux klan um and there's a slew of other films um in 1917 birth control um which is a uh which is a film um a film by margaret sanger who's a sex education teacher and birth control activist um it was made by her um and the new york court of appeals heard the case and agreed with a ban saying the film could be censored in the interest of morality, decency, public safety, and welfare. Um, so film censorship has always been around. Um, but, uh, and I always found it, well, I always found it to be a really exciting, um, there, I don't know what the, it's probably a German word, but there's kind of an excitement for something that you're not allowed to watch or something that has been, <laughs> that has been decreed as immoral or triggering. Um, and I think that honestly is what's saying these things stink, make people turn it into cult classics or to bring it mm-hmm. back, which I think honestly is probably why Gone with the Wind came back so quickly because yeah. of its, you know, there, I, like I'm trying to think it has there been a mo- I mean, I, I guess birth of a nation, but I'm trying to think like of another movie that was made and then was ultimately like that was that shouldn't have been made. 
Um, you mean like people agree that it shouldn't have been made, or like it's it sh- like nobody likes it. Yeah, like, well, tra- there's the film uh, Cannibal Holocaust. I was just actually thinking about that, though. A lot of people, there are people who l- like it because it's you know that's their thing. They like the goriness of it all. Um, I mean, personally, I think movies that should be banned are movies like Biodome, really anything by Pauly Shore. Well, um, I don't think anything should be banned, but I want to read a quote well, from... Uh, okay, um, I don't... Uh, here's the thing. I don't... Uh, I also agree. Nothing should be banned, but, you know, should have warnings. But if I did become a ta- total totalitarian dictator, I would... My first degree would be no Pauly Shore movies for you, except for the Goofy movie. Um, but here's a quote from Joseph I. Breen. Um, and this is the beginning of a giant article that I did not have the time to read. It's 333 pages, and it's called Silencing Cinema, an Introduction. Um, and the quote is, It seems to be generally agreed that Hollywood, without the code, just could not exist. With an occasional exception, no motion pictures made anywhere can begin to compare an artistry in entertainment and in beauty with the films that are created in Hollywood, and which has brought happiness and immeasurable joy to untold millions throughout the world. So Joseph Breen is the head of the Production um, Code Association. Um, and that was started in 1934. Um, but the very first film censoring ever by... We're just talking about the, U- the United States right now. There is slews and slews of censorship around the world. But in 1912, there was the Slims Act, which was the first federal film censor- censoring and it said there was no boxing films at Interstate Commerce. Interesting. So Why was that? That is the Just first because it was it was uh, uh, violent. Know. It was probably one of the first violent. Like boxing is actually has been one of the biggest. I think it was the first sport ever filmed is boxing. Like boxing is oh, yeah, really for... one of the most well like at early cinema. Boxing was huge in film. One of my favorite directors, um, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, um, the Lantham Brothers, um, all the big ones. Anyways, in uh, – oh, I forgot to put the year for this one. Uh, but I think this is in the 10s sometime. I think like 1917 or something. The Mutual Film Corporation versus the Industrial Commission of Ohio, um, which supported – the Supreme Court supported the Ohio censorship and said um, that they can censor – and that films are capable of, quote, evil in attractiveness and manner of exhibition, and basically saying that film was not a medium of free speech, but rather film was a business and should be treated as a business. Interesting. Um, you know, that... And then... That <clears throat> so that, that was argument. in the 10s sometime. And then in 1922, um, that is when the 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 industry created the Motion Pictures Producers and distribu- Distributors of America, which was started by William Hayes and was the kind of the Hayes beginning Act. of what became the Hayes Code, Code, or also known as just the Code. Um, and they had uh, the Code was finally established in 1930, um, and um, it was known as the Motion Pictures Production Code, and it outright banned any depiction of on-screen sex, violence, crime, vulgarity, obscenity, profanity, um, and interracial relationships and homosexuality were all banned. Um, so it was 
the breed person that I was talking about, he is re referring to how the code has was the the essence of what makes American culture great, um, American films great, but it really hurt a lot of um, artists because there was no free speech because of the code. Um, everything was kind of controlled by white Catholic men. Um, and I say Catholics as well because the Catholics were one of the biggest proponents of the code. Um, and they were, there was a lot of picketing and stuff, and they were a reason why in the 1934 there was the Production Code Administration, which was the thing that kind of gave the, the code teeth, and they like put a seal on things. Um, and it was run by Joseph Breen and like all the big five, MGM, Paramount, 20th Century Fox, Warner Brothers and RKO all said that they wouldn't allow um, films to run in their first run theaters without the PCA approval. And they would fine other films uh, $25,000 if they showed films that weren't uh, approved. And the big five were 77% of all films, uh, all film distribution. So this PCA had a huge, huge impact. Um, but, I mean, there, there were other things that got through, like Howard Hughes, who made Scarface, who made um, the, the Outlaws in 1943. Yeah, with These the Outlaws. These all made it through. It, well, it was, uh, I always loved that scene in The Aviator where Howard Hughes has to explain to the board um, why the Outlaw is allowed to... to have so much cleavage in it, um, and he shows about he shows other movies that have the same amount of cleavage in other movies mm. that like through science, of course, or like through mathematics. It's, it's It is kind of a hit or miss, though. Like, it's while I think the Hayes Code did have like a huge impact, though, on cinema. And but I mean, indie films always like are slipping through the cracks. And there's there are you can always point to, to films um, that, you know, somehow circumvent these rules. But I think specifically in America, it was very, very strong, um, specifically since the, the studio system was so prevalent all throughout America. Like everyone had was impacted by the studio system with film. Well, now um, we live in a world. So that was for theaters back when theaters was the way to watch it, and you know they had control. Now I feel like you have private companies like Netflix and Amazon. You know, companies that I I, I don't know. They are private. I mean, they they are they're owned. Are they publicly owned? I'm just trying to think. Netflix, you I feel like they're publicly owned. Yeah, Netflix, they, they, yeah, Amazon, because, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you don't see porn on Netflix, but you know, there's. I feel like there's a lot of risky movies that you can see on there or like be made on there. Like every other Netflix yeah. show ha can, you know, say all sorts of curses if that's the show you want to make. Yeah, I don't. I mean, these codes. The codes from the 50s definitely went away. Um, but, I mean, we still have censoring uh, all over the place. Like, I mean, the, they're, they're, the films, like, yeah, like, porn is still, you know, you can show certain things. Um, and that's that's more like government. Like, that's kind of like you can't, 
that's that is against the law to show like really explicit sex scenes like i feel like nc-17 films aren't going to be on and there's a whole documentary called nc-17 great or no this film is not isn't it called this film is not yet rated yes and then it has a picture and that's about the the rating system because the Hayes code eventually died off um after brie retired or brain retired in 1954 um and then um in 68 it was replaced by the rating system and that was the beginning of bonnie and clyde and the the renaissance of films and that's kind of what we have now is the but rating it, and then we still have the feels, same system it doesn't feel like they're like the the journey of trying to break that bond because of course i think they uh i forget which movie had the first r rated i think it was jaws. it wasn't jaws jaws because it was funny because or godfather no nah. it was god well there was films that i think it got an x and then yeah, I remember. I think it was either Jaws or Godfather. I remember seeing uh, *Night of the Living Dead* and having it be a uh, a UR. Or maybe thinking... it was *Taxi Driver*. First, I'm looking no. it up. Because yeah, the rating system has also changed since '68. Uh, like it used to be, everything PG is like the stamp of approval. Like PG is that's it, and then it was PG or R, or it was PG or X. So it was either like for everyone or is for just adults and obviously if it's for just adults it's not going to be make as much money because kids are a big part of movie watching um so and that's kind of like what this this documentary talks about is how the rating systems is still around and is still like this secret thing that is in, in essence still a a form of censorship in america um but now you're right. I mean, we are getting into a situation where, like on Netflix, you don't see the rating. Like you don't see, well, like it's rated R or it's rated whatever. So though you do get a um, what's it called? On or at least on Hulu, you get, uh, or not Hulu, HBO. You see, it does give you the rating, and then it shows you exactly. I find this very interesting. On on HBO, you see the rating. And then you see what you're going to expect to see. So, like, excessive violence, excessive language, nudity, um, sexual violence, that stuff. And I always, it was, I thought it was always interesting that, like, while watching Watchmen, um, uh, being men ourselves, uh, my roommate and I, we would see nudity and be like, oh, well, you know, there we may see a naked lady but it was <laughs> it always turned out to be a, a giant penis <laughs> so which uh, that i always thought that was a shift in in hbo like you always saw you never saw that before so i feel like yeah was... hbo definitely pushed a lot of boundaries and what can be seen on tv sopranos kind of started that golden age of television of of making tv more cinematic and pushing those boundaries and that's kind of the i want to i want to go on and talk more about film censorship but i feel like it, you're going to be saying i am talking too much um why would i say that is all that, right anyway so a... going on about film censorship outside of america yes um... i want to talk about i just want to prompt you uh for uh like this is not a film 
this is not a film. Yes, you should watch that if this at all interests you in modern day film censorship. Um, but uh, so there's, I mean, America's not the most censored. American is not the only censored uh, sensory film past. And we're not even um, that bad, or at least we're not bad now. Like a lot of people time. even say Britain has the um, the British Board of Film Classification, which started in 1912. And I think in general, it's kind of safe to say that European censorship was nowhere near as strict as the Hayes Code. Um, it, Although everything kind of changes around World War II. Like, around World War II, I think every single country really cracked down on the films. Because, um, like, around World War One, films were just starting. Censorship of films was, like, the last of their mind. But in the 40s, they realized that we really need to do something about that this is, like, a massive way of spreading information. So, um, but the, BF, the BBFC is still around. And although they're not really doing much censoring, they are more providing, um, uh, like, information on what to watch um, and, like, for parents and things. Like, okay, this movie may not be as suitable and things like that. There's not as much censorship. But they're, the BBFC, their censorship, it took a lot. It took a little bit longer for them to kind of... Uh, be less restrictive it wasn't until the 70s that they kind of started disbanding um, but also it varied from city to city in Britain um, Sweden um, was actually very recently just disbanded its last uh, uh, it abolished its film censorship law in, tw uh, in 2010 so they can show um, anything like anything well it's I mean the same way as films are here I guess but uh, it, it's just that there are very few countries that have film censorship laws. And the only countries that really still have film censorship laws left are places like Russia and China. And China, especially, is a huge impact to America because China is such a big uh, market for America nowadays. But apparently they banned Ghostbusters, the newest one. Oh, oh because it portrayed women leaders? No. <laughs> No, no, it was because um, uh, it um. I'm trying to think why. Uh, like, it was mystic because it's like something about superstition. But why would they like ban it, that? I mean, the, there's been several myst. I mean, heck, all Marvel movies have mystic or unnatural stuff going on. I don't know. They also banned um. Winnie the Pooh. They've banned so many things. I wonder if they um, have. They banned, banned Back to the Future. That's true. Um, they've banned Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm trying to think. Um, Back to the Future encourages They banned incest. Aviator. Or not Aviator. They uh, banned... Uh, Avatar. Avatar. Um, that's... Uh, I guess that's talking about overthrowing or attacking your government. Yeah. Um, a lot of these big places that are banning things, like obviously the Soviet Union banned a lot of films in America, like American films as well as films inside of the Soviet Union. Um, and now the Soviet Union has an anti, uh, they don't, they don't allow films that talk about homosexuality. Um, so I wonder or th they, they allow it, but it's, it's, you have to be a certain age. So the interesting it. thing about censorship or rating is, I mean, like I said, I don't really think you should censor anything 
but there should I think there should be a rate like a rating system um just because things could get out of hand um but that's an argument for another time um but it does make a a I think rating and the potential to be censored is a, has created really interesting and creative uh ways around it like for mm-hmm. example um, at the end of North by Northwest, instead of showing them, you know, uh, Grace Kelly or uh, Grace uh, Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint, you know, be like, "Well, Eva, I think we did a good job." Yes, I agree, Grant. All right, well, let's take off our pants and have sex, <laughs> vagina and penis, I assume. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, I do have this uh, <laughs> vibrator. All right, put it up, my asshole. And then <laughs> the end. No, it's it's just, you know, they go, I love you, Eva. <laughs> Me too, Grant. And then it shows Why? a and then it shows a, a, tra- a train going into a, a tunnel. And well, then- also with a more modern uh, <laughs> depiction of censorship um, and getting around things is the film. And I've mentioned this many of times, but the film, this is not a film by Jafar uh, Pan- Panhi. Yes. Um. And uh, he snuck the film through a cake. They hid a thumb drive in a cake, and they snuck it out of um, Iran. Um, and that was the, that's how they snuck out of the that they like secretly shot the film and secretly distributed it. But obviously, I mean, you're not making much money that way. Mm-hmm. So censorship in general, I think, hurts a society and hurts um, artists. It hurts everyone really, besides people that are trying to suppress some kind of message. Yeah, it's suppressing the creative mind, and it could, um, you know, you you may be suppressing some free-spirited thinker out there. You know, movies change lives. Sometimes they could ruin a life, um, like I said, with Paul Shore movies. Um, but that's not my place to tell people not to watch it. If they want to have their brains uh, expanded, so do it. If you want your brain to disintegrate into nothing, um, you know that's that's your choice as a human being. Um, also, the the um, the New York Times person I was talking about is A.O. Scott. A.O. Scott, right? Man, oh man, it would be cool to have some critics on here, like film critics, people who are certified, regified. I mean... The world's a democratic place nowadays. We might as well be. You can That's, say I don't yeah. know, but I see what you mean. Anyways, um, any final thoughts on censorship? Oh, um, I just want to say that uh, uh, another reason why censorship is on my brain is is I've had things not censored but banned uh, because um, of possible insulting or uh, violent things i had a, also i had a movie so back oh, in college we had this thing called a 48 hour film festival where you make a movie in 48 hours um i accidentally t- was talking to one of the board of directors <laughs> about how we did this scene where apparently and i i don't, I don't want to incriminate myself apparently uh, somebody on our set cut themselves um for for real blood in the movie and that made the people really angry and so they banned us 
for depicting real life violence. Um, I thought that was, I mean, I get where they came from, but uh, I was I was actually quite angry. I I didn't I didn't yeah because if it's if it's your if you if it's their choice to do it, if it's something that's like and I don't see how I mean we could and once again I think if we said at the beginning hey there's actual some real blood in this so if if you're you know sickened by blood then there you go but that's the art of magic it could have been fake I mean. I'm not saying I'm I am not saying if it is fake or real blood, but that was the thing that it was real blood and they took that and they banned the movie. I get if it's a role. Like if it's a role like you can't do this if it's in fine print. But was it in fine print? What was fine print? What did it say like when you were submitting the film that you can't have did they point to something? They did. They sent us a letter saying that it depicted um obscene violence or like violence that was not see the thing is is that's that's so vague and like vague terms like that and that's come one of the issues with like these that that kind of censorship is it's you can cons- you make these rules vague and then it's really up to whoever's in charge to make the decision so and i was uh it's I was, not, though I though to that all also point is uh, I had a film because I wanted we were we were making a film that was purposely making fun of fil- like student films, so we're mm-hmm. like, what is the most intense, edgy thing we could do? Oh, I know, show a penis, you know. Uh, so we showed a penis, and before the movie, they're like, uh, just to let everyone know, there's going to be a penis in this movie, <laughs> which I don't think there should even be that for. For for anatomy, that's any well. Type. That's that's my thought. That was my thought. I thought that was. I mean, maybe that's why they do put that up at, in HBO. But they 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 did have an, a reason that maybe a penis would. Um, I don't really. Tr- get no no the... no. Here's the thing: that a penis seeing a penis would trigger a sexual assault memory. Uh, uh, so I guess, yeah. no, I mean that. I mean that's totally. I totally understand. Um, so. Yeah. Anyways, which I thought I think nine out of ten times, maybe even nine point eight out of ten times, censorship is bad. Um, yes. Even disclaimers, to a degree, though. Disclaimers, I think, are cool. still a little bit of a gray area. Yeah. Don't, dis- don't can, do disclaimer like every movie. Yeah. Maybe if it, as long as the disclaimer doesn't negatively uh, affect the artist. Like it makes it harder for them to sell something. Like imagine a disclaimer know. that ruined the ending. Like say, um, like I imagine you would have to do for that. You would need a disclaimer in like the crying game, where it's just like just to let you know, you will see a. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. I haven't seen it. Big old dead person. Cool. Um, Anyways, let's talk about something time. that wasn't censored because I watched it, um, and it is my own private Idaho. Um, My Own Private Idaho, Gus Van Sant, his film from 1993 or 1, early 90s. And this is OG Gus Van Sant. Uh, It's with River Phoenix and Keanu Reeves. And I agree with you, Zach. 91. I agree with you, Zach. (laughs) Keanu Reeves, not good in this movie. No. He is, in fact, 
a distraction and I think he makes the movie worse. Yes. River Phoenix, great actor, and you can see it in the very beginning that he is a really good actor. And it definitely has a um, Midnight Cowboy vibe to it. But let's just say you have Midnight Cowboy and you have a better actor than John Voight. And then instead of having Dustin Hoffman, you have some random person they find off the street who's like, I can act. Because that's how this feels. Like, I don't understand how he became such a big... Well, I get it. Well, Keanu, comedies. Keanu Reeves is very lucky because, one, I think what he hit was the cheesy acting aspect that people could use for action movies and maybe try to make it serious, but it never really worked. And now he's a meme, which memes of unto itself are kind of parodying or trying to, like, be funny. And Keanu Reeves is a perfect example of that. He's not a good actor. He just yeah. has a cult, like a cult behind him, that emphasizes his own, you know, ability. But and I would I, never I don't see think... him. I would not want to cast him in a like, in a a cool indie film. I don't think he would do. Yeah, well. this was not a. He was fairly serious in this film. Like there really wasn't anything goofy about this character. But the only thing goofy is like. Every time he walks, he walks like he's like boom, boom, like he walks like he sways from side to side. And it just seems strange. Like it didn't seem real. Like it just, it seemed not something he did as a character, but something he does just as Keanu Reeves because he does that in all of his movies. Yeah. I mean, I love him in Bill and Ted. And I love him in The Matrix, but, I mean, once again, he's not good in The Matrix, but the story... I also love him in the documentary Side by Side, which is a comparison between digital and film, which he... Very much so. And that's the thing. If you use your powers, if you're, like, a bad actor, but you use your powers for good, um, then, you know, Godspeed Spider-Man on you. Yeah, Um, he actually... um, He is a great person. Like, I'm not going to argue that he is not... um, a great person um i'm actually looking something up real quick because he did um there was a film that he helped get into moma um called uh where is it i think it's called uh um salikia which was executive produced by keanu reeves and being uh, introduced in moma uh for this permanent uh gallery um and it's about um i'm just reading this now it's about uh, a trans black woman born in 1803 um and it's great that he's attaching his names to think to things like this and helping films like that get made so he's a great person i just in the 80s and 90s Outside of comedy, I think he was a distraction to films and made them worse <laughs> as an actor. Um, but anyways, what's something that you watched? I, uh, like I said, I haven't been really watching a lot of movies. I, started, I can say something else. Well, no, I started watching uh, the movie Barbarella the other day, but it was... Oh, my deal. I watched very, that at the... It was very late. It was a very late... I, yeah. Like, it was 12 o'clock by the time I got home. And it was yeah I didn't want to and it's a it's a trippy movie and very very sexist. I was about to say like she's naked half the time, trying to have se- Jane or, Fonda. Like, 
yeah, like bound up, um, very trippy, very 70s. So I kind of like that aspect. But yeah, very like, like, hey, let's do sex. You know, that kind it's of the stuff. only film I saw at the new Beverly Cinema, which is the theater owned by Tarantino in L.A. Um, and this was before it got renovated because it, it recently finished renovations. Um, and it's a film. They only show 35 millimeter prints. They only show film prints of things. And it's the only film I saw there. I was like, oh, Jane Fonda sounds exciting. Clue. I went and I walked out. Well, uh, so first he- off, because it was a midnight showing and I was falling asleep. Second, it's because the movie was not good. No. Um, um, I do like the song. And actually, uh, try not to talk for a second because you're going to echo. But listen to this. It's going to take forever. But anyways. I'll just play this. Yeah, play the song. It's a I'll good song. song. It goes, Barbarella Sagidella. Take off your clothes, Jane Fonda's fella. <laughs> um, but no. Yeah. Doctor, doctor, we're, we're losing him. Oh, my goodness. No. I don't think this helped at all. Wait, we we haven't said the last line. Okay, all right, let's say let's the go last back. line. Let's Maybe do this the last might line. save them. Um, so yeah, uh, there's our episode about censorship. Everybody have a good day. All right. Stay clean, God, Spider-Man. Godspeed, Spider-Man. Hey, oh, hey, hey, am I alive? Am I, am I alive? Yes. Yes, son, you are alive. Nurse, we did it. This man is alive. What year is this? <laughs> Something's what? up with his voice. I think we got to put him what? under again. I think my brain is hurt. Barbarella Psychedella. <laughs> hey, Jane Fonda is a killer. All right, he's All right. cured. Yeah. All right, Godspeed to you, sir. Get out of here. Okay, bye. I have no money. All right, well, we'll bill you. Barbarella Psychedella. There's a kind of cockle shell about. Fly, electrify, electrify, with starry light above the stratosphere, bring your dearness near, till the dawn comes tumbling down, make a sound, everywhere.